Welcome to checking out the competition, New York Islanders edition, in case you didn't know. I'm joined this time by Carrie Haber, who is one of the contributors at Lighthouse Hockey, which is one of my favorite not Broad Street Hockey SB Nation hockey blogs. Carrie, how are you today? I'm good, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. So, since this is the first time we're seeing the New York Islanders this season, I figured I would ask you a little bit about how you think the offseason went for your team. Do you think they improved? Do you think they stepped back a little bit? How did everything go for you? Kind of boring. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was an interesting offseason for the Islanders. It was pretty well known that they took a pretty giant shot at Artemi Panarin before he went yeah. to the Rangers. And after that didn't work out, really not much happened with them uh, until they signed Derek Broussard at the end of August. So the team that you're going to see on Sunday is basically the same team that was uh, in last year's playoffs. And so from that perspective, you kind of know what to expect. But at the same time, you kind of don't. It's a pretty enigmatic club in terms of how they play on a game-to-game basis. And their style of play is a little bit different than I think what the majority of the league is, is trending towards. So um, it kind of makes them a weird team. And coming off of a pretty quiet offseason, um, I think there's a lot of intrigue around what, what this team can actually accomplish this year. Yeah, and one of the big things is that you lost your goaltender. And I know that there was a lot of kind of talk around the performance that the Islanders put on last season that it was kind of mostly because of Robin Lehner. Um, How worried are you about that? What's the net look like for you guys? Yeah, there's no question that replacing Robin Lehner and specifically the season that he had last year is going to be a really difficult thing for them to accomplish. The main theory around this team is that, you know, Barry Trotz employs a pretty, you know, defensive style and their goaltending guru, so to speak, Mitch Korn, who's done wonders with goalies like Braden Holtby and Pekka can work with anyone. And I think, you know, they brought in Semyon Varlamov mm-hmm. and so far he's been he's been very good. Uh, there's legitimate questions about his durability and whether he can, you know, stay at this level that he's playing at. But they also have Thomas Grice, who's kind of this, you know, he sits in the background. No one really ever talks about him, but he's been really solid for the vast majority of his time on the island. And I think uh, between the two of them, if they can get better than average goaltending, they can probably survive some of their offensive deficiencies. But there's no question, like, because of the volatility of goaltending, if things do hit the fan, like, this team is going to have a lot of problems obtaining points over the course of the year. So it, it is a big question, and I think more so, you know, replicating the Leonard season is, is hard enough, but then you're entrusting this coaching staff and specifically the goaltending coaches to almost revive Arlamov into the Vezina contender that he was a couple of years ago. And I think, you know, at the end of October, that's, that's very much still up for debate. Yeah, signing him was a big, a big gamble, I think. Yeah. Remains to be seen how that's going to pay off. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that the team has some offensive deficiency, which I find interesting because just kind of running down the lineup, there's quite a lot of talent on the front end of this team. Um, Brock Nelson, Matthew Barzal, Anders Lee, Jordan Eberle. Like you guys have a lot of firepower on this team. So why is it that they are having trouble scoring goals? Yeah. The depth especially the third line. I mean, to win in in the league at this point, you really need a top nine that can, at the very least, score a little bit. Mm -hmm. And their third line right now is kind of a a mishmash of players who 
on the elite teams would be on a fourth line, maybe not in the lineup at all. You know, they're playing guys like Leo Komarov there, um, Michael Dalcole, who is a fifth overall pick, but hasn't panned out in terms of his offensive ability is on that third line right now. And they really don't have a third line center. I mean, they signed Derek Broussard uh, at the end of the summer, but he practiced yesterday on their second line at left wing. So that experiment seems to be in question already. He only has one point in eight games. So I think, you know, once you get past that, top five or six forwards and even then there's really not a lot of elite talent on the team mm-hmm. I mean, Matthew Barzell of course is at this point the franchise um, and Andrews Lee is, is quite good at what he does but after that you have a couple of guys that can pop in 45 to 50 points but that's not going to you know when you look at the elite offensive teams in the league teams like Toronto and Tampa uh, they can't compete with that you know, with that offensive firepower, they're very much in the mold of trying to suppress chances versus, you know, running and gunning and being aggressive about how they go about their business. So I know that two guys um, have been out for you guys, Kuhnhockel and Komarov, Uncle Leo. Um, I know they were calling Kuhnhockel maintenance. Is he actually hurt or is that actually just maintenance days? So he practiced yesterday and he's Mm -hmm. kind of, he's a real interesting case because Barry Trotz just uses him wherever he sees fit. He played on the first line with Barzell and Lee for the last three games, which was an interesting experiment that I would say, in terms of production, didn't quite work out. Um, But he has slotted in literally on every line during his tenure with the Islanders. I I think he was playing second line during the majority of last year's playoffs. He's kind of a guy that can be relied upon defensively. Um, so he's practicing whether he gets in the lineup uh, tonight, Thursday or Sunday is anyone's guess because mm-hmm. the w- because of their injuries and the way that they're kind of just testing a bunch of things right now. It's hard to say. He's definitely not a staple at this point, though. And I saw that you guys uh, called up our old pal Cole, Cole Bardreau to fill in for you guys while you have some injury absence. Um, how do you guys feel about him? We were never super high on him, but what do you yeah, think? Yeah, he's he's exactly the kind of like lunch pail guys the Islanders are really <laughs> Yeah, right. He's, he's a, quote, good pro who can do the simple things and basically not mess up. And that is honestly, oh in a lot of ways, that's kind of what they need in that spot right now um, because the depth is so lacking. They, were, mm-hmm. they literally went to Winnipeg and Columbus and they called Barjero up 90 minutes before that Columbus game, but they went to Winnipeg with three centers on the roster, and Leo Komarov played fourth-line center. So they, they needed a guy, and he's mm-hmm. definitely a guy that can fill that role of being a center. Yeah, he's definitely, um, we call them at Broad Street Hockey, just a guy. Yeah. like Just like a <laughs> nameless, faceless NHL hockey-playing body that you like plunk into an empty spot and hope he doesn't completely blow up. That's it. He, he's, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a guy. He fits that to a team. Yeah, yeah he is. He is a guy. Um, so getting to important things, you guys got another puppy. Yes. The Flyers yes. have zero puppies. So it's we're outrageous. two nothing in puppies. Yeah. So you guys are up two on puppies, which I think is a huge problem for the Flyers. Like we've got the gritty thing, but I, I feel like you also need a puppy. Everyone's getting a puppy and we have no puppies. What happened to the first puppy? Is that puppy still around? That puppy's still around. His name is Radar, and uh, he is, I believe he acts as a therapy dog, which is great. That's super um, nice. Yes, and they just adopted a second one named Tori. So it's, uh, they, they're definitely in full puppy mania at this point, which <laughs> is awesome. You, I, I mean, like, this is the best thing that the NHL ever decided to do, was just go full on into everyone gets a puppy, because, like, no one can be mad at their NHL team 
when they've got a puppy. It's right. impossible. It, it's a real solid coping mechanism for everything that actually happens on the ice. Yeah. So you guys are riding a bit of a win streak right now. It looks like you've won your last four heading into, we're recording this on Thursday. So heading into tonight's game against Arizona. Um, what's going right for the team right now? Um, it's goaltending. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's, it's, it's very similar to last year where this is not a team that's going to drive a lot of possession. They rely on other teams making mistakes. They rely on timely goals. Um, they rely on their best players being on hot streaks. And that's what Matthew Barzell's on right now. Um, his last, I think he has three goals in his last three games or something like that. So he's been really, really hot right now. And the goaltending has held up, but this is not a team that's going to wow you with any sort of uh, dynamic play or, or pushing the play or anything like that. Um, they are very content to just kind of wait things out and see how it goes, which is interesting in October. And the same thing happened last year where they kind of started a little rough and then got better mm-hmm. as the season went on as systems, you know, start to take shape and, you know, things start to get a little tighter out there. Um, October is a time when teams are really, kind of willy-nilly about you know yep. offense and, and whatnot. So I actually find this matchup on Sunday to be very intriguing because the Flyers' first line is quite good, um, and the Islanders are going to have to really play tight defensively to stop them. Um, and, and I think that's ultimately kind of what it comes down to, which is you can expect a very low – if the Islanders are playing well, you're going to see not a lot happening on the ice. It's going to be oh. very low event. Yes, mm. it's, it's exactly <laughs> the type of hockey that everyone loves. Um, but that's, that's the style that they are content playing. It's the style that was successful for them last season. And, um, it's, you know, from a strict results perspective, it's really hard to argue with it. So boring wins are still wins. People forget that. They are still wins. However, as a Flyers fan at the start of the season, I would have been very content with boring wins. Well, it's a, it's a whole new fresh start there. So yeah, you yeah. take anything. Right. Seriously. Um, Okay, so I'm glad that you brought up kind of what we should expect to see out of the Islanders when they're playing the Flyers. Um, Because I wanted to ask you, if you were coaching the Flyers and you had done some pre-scouting on the Islanders, what would you be telling them is the thing that they need to exploit in order to win this game? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And, you know, it's harder to play the matchup game on the road, which is mm-hmm. you know part of this. I would anticipate. So the Islanders usually deploy their Casey Sezikis line or the Brock Nelson line against uh, opposing teams, top lines. So if I were the Flyers coach, um, the first thing I would be looking to do is agnostic of the forwards, try to get my top line out against uh, the Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk pairing. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and in the Flyers' case, it's really the top two lines because whether it, it's Couturier line or it's Kevin Hayes line, like they, they would have the ability to have really strong possession uh, against those two guys. The interesting thing with the Islanders is um, taking advantage of, kind of mistakes that they're making in the defensive zone. So really trying to push, be aggressive on the forecheck is really the only way that any sort of territorial advantage could come into play. That's what Carolina did during last year's playoffs. And that's why they were so successful. Um, Because if you get into kind of a a chess match where it's a lot of dumps and a lot of neutral zone play, um, that's really what the Islanders are going to be looking for. So uh, major zone and key zone entries and really taking advantage of the uh, third pairing would be my best scouting advice. All right. That's good to know. I'm sorry to tell you that the Flyers definitely listen 
to these podcasts. So you oh, that's, just, that's, you just gave, them, gave them the keys <laughs> to the game. <laughs> I, Great. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody important would listen to this podcast, but I digress. Um, anything that you're looking forward to seeing out of the Flyers? Yeah. So, I mean, new coach, obviously, that's always a, a game changer and a veteran coach at that. Um, you know what AV has up his sleeve. One of the things about AV is if you give him talent, he usually can do a lot with it. And the Flyers have a lot of offensive talent. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a change for the Islanders in terms of what they can expect from them uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I actually, I don't, I think they only had one game with after the coaching change last year. So the way that I would imagine they're approaching this is, um, kind of completely fresh start yeah. and, um, you know, they have a, a revamped defense in a lot of ways as well. Um, so that'll, I think that's another interesting wrinkle to it. So I think, uh, in, you know, going off of last year, this is an entirely new squad. So I think how the Islanders play against a team that has played pretty well to start the season will be a good test for them. Obviously, these divisional games are always super important. um, And uh, it will be a good kind of litmus test to see how they play because they haven't yet played a ton of divisional games. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Flyers are a team that I think a lot of people are genuinely and rightfully curious about. So I think it will be an interesting matchup from that perspective. They are for the first time kind of interesting. It's true. They are. It's yeah. It's it's different because, like you said, we I, mean, I don't even think we know what they are to be honest with you because they have been a bit up and down this season. They've played well but lost games in very dramatic fashion, um, and then they've also won games in really dramatic fashion. So it's kind of been a lot of up and down for us so far, and we have not yet had a ton of divisional games either. Um, so this is, I think, when it starts to get really important, right? Because you don't want to look back at a game in October and be like, oh, there's two points that we could have gotten and made our way into the playoffs and we choked on them or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it is always interesting to see how the divisional matchups shake out because we're going to play you guys so many times. Um, it'll be fun to see how the Flyers can handle. I mean, Barry Trotz is a great coach. Like, there's no denying that. So it's hard to imagine that he will not, be able to find some kind of systematic solution for whatever the Flyers throw at them offensively. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm interested yeah. to see it. No, me yeah. too. And it's two veteran coaches who obviously know each other very well, mm-hmm. Washington and New York. So yeah. um, it, that's kind of another added element. They face each other in the playoffs so many times that right, right, yeah. in a lot of ways they kind of know what to expect. It's just all completely new faces across the board. So I think that makes it even more interesting. Yeah, should be a fun game, I think, hopefully. Um, and in that vein, the last thing I'm going to ask you is the last thing I ask everybody is for you to give me a shot in the dark prediction of how you think this game is going to end up. Oh, man. So I will. This is what I'll say. I think the Flyers are going to really take it to the Islanders in terms of like possession mm-hmm. and I, I think this is an area because it's so early in the season and because there are clear offensive like differences between the two teams um the, the islanders formula this season has in a lot of ways to basically have teams really push play against them and try to be very um uh, they, they try to make plays happen for them as they come to them so i think if the goaltending holds up for the Islanders, this will be a close game, especially because they're at home. And I think um, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is will, and I believe Semyon Varlamov will be the one that's tasked with the game unless okay. he has a stinker tonight. Um, the question is, will that will he hold up? And I will say 
that it will be a close game. And since I'm attending the game, I will say the Flyers win. Oh, <laughs> he wants that negativity. Oh, that's that. yeah. No, that's realism. I, is that what we're calling it? I, I mean, it's it's like we're all hockey fans, so we always expect the worst. That's how it works, right? <laughs> yeah. It's it's incredibly true. One of the things that always comes out of these podcasts is at some point I inevitably ask someone why we do this to ourselves. <laughs> like we could have picked something else. We could have picked another hobby. We could have picked another thing to write about, a thing to get passionate about. And we pick the one that's going to drive us crazy until we die without question. Of course. But that's why it's so fun, right? The, it makes the good times the best. Right. The good times are really, really good when you can get there. So. Hopefully we'll know what that's like soon. Um, okay. So I'm going to say, if I have to guess, given what you've told me about this problem with offense, and given that I'm assuming it's going to be Carter Hart and net for us, um, I'm going to say 3-1 Flyers. That's where I'm going to go. I mean, that's a very respectable take. I, I will at least be ha- happy to be in the stands for a goal. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And plus, it's always fun to go to a game, right? Always. Yeah. Have a beer. You can get some French fries. You can cheer with people. Wait in line for the bathroom. Yes. All kinds of fun stuff to yes. do at the hockey arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that Nassau Coliseum concourse is just calling my name. Oh, see, I've never been there. Is it, it not great? Not great there. It's it, it's uh, right. yeah so, yeah it's the same building it always has been a very right. it's a very homely. <laughs> narrow concourse experience but it's one of those things where if you're a fan of the islanders you you love it despite all of its flaws yeah it's nice that they're playing on the island right yes that thing was a mess i don't know what they were thinking but you guys will have a new building soon and it'll be super cool for you so that's good yes we're uh i think everyone's really looking forward to that so yeah all right casey thank you very much again carrie not casey sorry i'm telling you my brain is just totally fried today. We're going to treat it like a Friday. We're going to, it's essentially Friday. Yeah. Yeah, why not? So Carrie Haber from Lighthouse Hockey, which as I said, is one of my favorite not Flyers SB Nation hockey blogs. So head on over there, learn a little bit about the Islanders before the game and uh, let's go Flyers.